0: Thank you for joining the Together Church Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Our prayer is is that today's message will inspire you and help you move closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy today's message. I remember as a kid, believing things like this, and maybe you have too, if you swallow your gum, it'll stay in your stomach for seven years. You remember that one? Or how about this? You can't go swimming for 30 minutes after you eat, because I guess you were going to drown or maybe some of you heard that the family pet went to live on a farm you know that's that's where he's going to have lots of room to run and he's gonna be able to play forever but my personal favorite i had a parent tell me one time that they told their kid that the ice cream truck only plays music when it's all out of ice cream you know when we look back on it it appears that as kids we were pretty gullible weren't we unfortunately as we got older we learned that many of these things weren't true. And even today in life, we're bombarded with lies every day and some of these lies that we believe. If you think about it, lies can separate the strongest of friendships and lies can bring the deepest of pain and heartache into any type of a relationship. You see, lies separate and over time, they create these low points in our lives. They start out small and they start out harmless, but they can quickly escalate, causing some long-term damage. I mean, let me explain for just a second. Lies are like drops of rain. With each drop of rain, it may seem harmless and it may seem small, but over time, these raindrops find these low points in our lives. So like relationships and families and even in our nation. So just like raindrops, over time, lies begin to settle in to cause this deep erosion. And it happens in our everyday life and it definitely happens within the church. So today's message is called the autopsy of a lie. Because over these next few moments together, We're going to cut open and explore the topic of lies, and we're going to see how the enemy, the devil, is so crafty in the way that he uses lies to make you and I believe things about God that aren't even true. So even though that these lies may sound true, how do we distinguish what's true and what's not true? So we're going to look at that today, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some very specific lies that we've been told. But there's a couple of things that we need to understand when it comes to lies. Number one... This is the obvious one, but Satan is a liar. Satan's intentions for you and for me are never for our good. 1 Peter chapter 5 tells us that he roams around looking to devour people. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Now, would you agree with me that you would not be around or even associate with someone who plans to kill you, to destroy you, to hurt you? You would have this self awareness of your surroundings. You would be a bit uncomfortable if you knew right now the person sitting beside you had harmful intentions for your life, wouldn't you? But for some reason, we don't take the devil's schemes as seriously, even though he's out to harm us. Listen, your total, complete destruction that is the devil's primary goal and his main weapon to get us to believe his lies. And if we buy into the lies, The hope is that they will distract us from the truth that God gives us. Therefore, when we're distracted, it is allows Satan to accomplish his goal of separating you and I from God and from the relationship that God longs to have with us. In John chapter 8, starting in verse 44, Jesus is talking with some Jewish leaders and he's warning them of buying into lies. These Jewish leaders were teaching about God and they knew everything about God, but they had bought into lies and they thought these things were truths. Listen, the religious leaders bought into lies from the enemy. Did you know that it is 100% possible for churches and pastors to sometimes believe and teach things that aren't in the scriptures? We call it preaching a false gospel. And a majority of the lies that we're going to address in this series were and are things that have been and are currently being taught in churches all around the world. But let me get back to John chapter 8, because Jesus is talking with these Jewish leaders and he warns them. He says this, that, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the very beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. It seems very odd to me that murder is inserted into a passage that deals extensively with the devil as a liar, doesn't it? But Satan's ultimate goal for every lie he tells is your spiritual death, your destruction, his dedication to untruth. That's a lethal weapon that he wants to use on you and me. So don't be deceived. Your destruction is his main goal. And here in this passage, Jesus says that Satan is the chief liar, Worse than everyone else, he is the true source of lies. And his lies have the power to corrupt and ruin your life. Now, how do you know if the devil's lying? Well, you know the devil's lying if his lips are moving. He can't speak truth. He is not capable of telling the truth. He's always telling lies. And this was the the first strategy of attacking Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. He deceived her. Not only is Satan a liar, Satan is also a deceiver. He's a really good deceiver. The devil can be very convincing. Have you ever noticed how convincing he can be? He doesn't come up to us and say things like, Hey, listen, what I'm about to tempt you to do is a lie, and it's going to lead you down a path of destruction. Now, the devil doesn't do that, does he? No. The devil is clever, and he will do everything in his power to convince us that this this is the best way. And God's way is wrong, and that's what he's going to teach. And this is exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden with Eve. He deceived her, and the very word of God he used against her. He twists the truth when talking to Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, it clearly shows us. Satan said, in essence, if you know good and evil, you'll be equal to God. And Genesis chapter 3 is when we first learn of Satan. This is his first appearance, and, and we see from the story that he doesn't have good intentions. So in this passage, it tells us how he worked through a serpent to tempt Adam and Eve. The serpent, the devil, came and deceived Eve. Now, how did he do it? He didn't deceive her by, by any other means except attacking the word of God. If you think about it, there's so many different ways that the serpent could have tried to take Eve away from God. He could have, have preyed on her insecurities. He could have said, hey, Adam doesn't really love you. Hey, Eve, Adam liked it better when it was just him and the Adam was. Actually, he said that he wanted his rib back. I mean, there's so many different ways that the serpent could have tried to create questions and caused doubt and separation. But what did the serpent do? The serpent actually attacked God's word. He questioned God's word in, in two different ways. If you look at the passage in Genesis chapter 3, especially starting in verse 1, it tells us that the serpent said to the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Did God really say? Notice, the deceiver did not deny that God had spoken. Instead, he questioned what God had spoken. And this is what the deceiver does today. He'll try to question and plant seeds of doubt, and he'll ask things like, Do you really believe the Bible is a book from God? Do you really believe that you need to attend church? Do you really, do you really need to make amends with these people that have hurt you? When the questions come, the justification will start to kick in. And once the the enemy starts his questions that create doubt, he's going to move into helping you excuse the very thing that God commanded. He, he says, hey, God didn't, God didn't really mean that. He didn't mean that for you. He didn't mean that for right now. I mean, maybe hundreds of years ago, but this is 2020. And what we've We've evolved past these things. Besides, God loves you so much. If he really loved you, he'd let you do whatever you wanted to. God didn't tell you not to. You see, the enemy questions God's word. and He gives us these justifications. He gets you to question God's word. And, and what he does, does with Eve here. Eve apparently started to question God's word. Hear me. God told Adam and Eve, you may eat freely from all of these trees. Eat that, eat that, eat that. Just not this one. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eat freely from everything else is what he tells them. But just not from that one. Just not that one. But then, when Eve got in this conversation with the devil, she left out one key word. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but what word does she leave out? She left out the word freely, implying perhaps that God was holding back on her. Oh, There was more that took place, that that which God said no to must be the very thing that, that I want that will bring fulfillment and satisfaction to me. What happened? The moment that Satan started to question God's word, she started to wonder, is God really good? The deceiver questioned God's word. The second thing the deceiver did is he twisted God's word. Eve said that we can eat from any tree except that one, or we're going to die. And then the serpent says in those verses in 4 and 5, you you will not surely die. The serpent said to this woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you'll be just like God, knowing good and evil. And she tells him, you'll be just like God. Do you know that's exactly what Satan wanted? He, he wanted to be just like God. And what's interesting here, is the way that he twists the word is that Eve was already created in the image of God. She was already a reflection of the heart of God. And yet the serpent says, twist and twist and twist and twist. Did God really say to you that you could be like God? And and this is exactly what the evil one does today over and over and over again. He will twist God's word. Oh, God is love. That's true. And then he'll twist it. God is love. He'll understand Do whatever you want. Besides, Scripture says that you shouldn't judge. Nobody can judge you for what you're doing. It's your life. You can do whatever you want with your life. He'll forgive you anyway. He's going to forgive. God wants you to be happy. Do whatever makes you happy. He attacks the very authority of God's Word. The devil will preach you a sermon if you'll let him do it. But don't be deceived that the one who's deceiving is still deceiving. Satan is still in the deceiving business and now more than ever, he is openly deceiving us right in front of our very faces. Our culture is so intertwined with his lies and his deceptions. And you may not have noticed it, but we have civilized the devil and the schemes in our culture. We just see it as normal. We're just starting to excuse it, but don't believe it. Because if you'll just take three minutes, And just look at the headlines in the papers scroll through social media updates that are filled with disagreements and division you'll see the devil is still using the same tactics today that he used in genesis chapter 3. the scary thing is that people who are deceived are not even aware of their conditions now consider these things that our culture has made socially acceptable i mean Things that we've accepted like drug use and getting drunk and having affairs, just to name a few of these things. Satan loves to point out the benefits of these behaviors, but yet he hides the nasty consequences just like he did with Eve. Many people have destroyed their lives and the lives of other people by buying into the deceptions of the enemy. Now Satan wants you to think that there's nothing wrong with destructive behavior. The devil deceives us into thinking that his ways are the best ways. But understand me, he's just offering a counterfeit life. Jesus is the only one who can give true life. Now, why does Satan do this? Because anything of value is counterfeited. Here's the principle for you. God creates and Satan counterfeits. And since the kingdom of God is invaluable, it comes as no surprise that the devil counterfeits the kingdom. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, The Bible says that Satan can present himself as an angel of light to those looking for the light of truth. He offers his counterfeit life. He offers to each of us this counterfeit form of whatever it is that we're seeking. Now, for example, God creates angels. Satan creates counterfeits demons. God creates truth. Satan counterfeits with the lies. God makes people spirit-filled and Satan counterfeits with demon possession. The goal for the enemy is to fool people into to settling for what's fake rather than finding what's genuine. The power in a counterfeit is that it deceives someone into wrongly believing that what they have is real, what they have is true and valuable, when in fact it's actually a fake, it's false, and it's worthless. So it's for this reason, it is vital, That God's people learn to distinguish that what is created by God versus that which is counterfeited by Satan. Because Satan knows the truth. And God can expose his lies. Satan hates God. He hates mankind. Because we are made in his image. And he'll do anything to keep people from knowing God. That's his tactic. So Satan offers an entire array of deception of philosophies. There are many sincere people who have been deceived by the lies of Satan, and they have accepted these worthless substitutes. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11, he says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And he goes on to say, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. So how in the world? Do you and I expose the lies of the enemy, as Paul's referenced here in Ephesians? First, you've got to recognize that God is not a liar, even though Satan is, God is not. While God is unlimited by time, He's unlimited by space and by force, His very character has determined that He will never do some things, because to do them would be inconsistent with His principles of who He is. God's very nature prevents Him from such things. And one of those things is lying. Lying is not in the character of God. The writer of Hebrews tells us, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things, they're unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This is what makes the foundation of our relationship with God so solid God has given us his word which his word cannot fail and if we're ever ever presented with this evidence contrary to what God says then we can know that we are being presented with a lie for it is impossible for God to lie so since God is not a liar you and I can find truth in his word finding truth in God's word it exposes the counterfeit when we find truth in God's word Remember, the first thing the enemy did with Eve was he attacked her by using God's word, and he began taking the word out of context, and she falls into this temptation. And then when you fast forward to the book of Matthew, the devil misquotes scripture and makes promises to Jesus in an effort to pull him away from God and get him off course. But Jesus responds to the devil. He stands up against the temptations and the lies by saying, It is written, You battle the lies of the enemy with the truths of God. Charles Spurgeon once said that the devil is not afraid of a dust-covered Bible. How true is that? He's not scared of a Bible that's not being used. If we are people of the Word, then we will easily be able to recognize the lies of the enemy when they come our way. If we go back to John chapter 8, Jesus tells these Jewish believers, He says, Jesus said to them, the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Discipleship is the only true path to liberty. To know the truth. And if you want that, then Jesus says the way to have that is to become his disciple. This is the path to experiencing liberty. We, as his disciples, should love and we should breathe in the scriptures. We should become creatures of his word. But by becoming these creatures of the word, we'll see things differently. When you can see things as they really are, you can affirm what is good and what is true and what is permanent. And when you come to see the truth and you obey the word of Jesus, as you continue seeing his life, through his eyes, you'll begin to look at yourself differently. You will not see yourself any longer the way that you once used to see yourself. You will not see other people in the same way. They'll be looked at differently. You will read what's in the media completely differently. You'll change your whole value system. You will begin to understand what is happening all around you when you become a creature of the word. Here's my challenge to you today, church. Do not be deceived by the counterfeit that the devil is throwing at us he's a liar he's deceiving he's a fake he fakes everything but we can position ourselves in front of a god who's not a liar a god who is consistent a god who loves us and a god who cares for us and we can begin to dive into his word hear a word from god And then we can begin to move through this life, seeing where God's at work, all around us. And we can battle the lies of the enemy with the truths of God. Over these next few weeks, we're going to really dive down into some things that we've been told and taught all of our lives that are not true. Things like living your best life right now, or God helps those who helps themselves. Things that we so innocently have been taught and so innocently have believed, but yet have no scripture based. And we're going to battle those lies with the truths of God. I want to pray for you today, and I just want to ask God to to just bring some, some new life to you. I just pray that you would get in his word today, that you would go back and read these passages and ask, what is it that the Holy Spirit wants me to learn from this? Where am I being deceived and where am I being lied to? And where are the truths of God in the scriptures that combat those lies of the enemy? Father, we thank you so much today for who you are and what you're going to do in the lives of of all those that are watching. And I just pray that we will be creatures of the word, that we will get into the scriptures, read and study and hear from you. The enemy wants so badly to bring destruction to our lives and to our relationships and to our world. But with your word and your promises, we can combat those things and we can battle them. Lord, I just pray that you would again speak clearly to us. Allow us to become more like you. And God, we thank you that all this is possible because of your son and the death that he paid on the cross for us. So Lord, I just pray for blessings over every person watching today. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.